If you want legendary service, if you, you want, want sweeter discounts, shop Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Turns out that the disembodied beard shows up. There's no body. It's like it's. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't begin to even try to explain it. So I won't. But um, and and none of us really wants to talk about the Patriots. So. Did I not suggest this at some point in the off season, and you just just dunked on me that that would be a horrible idea? Yes, I did. Um. <laughs> and welcome to episode number 131 of Artificial Turf Wars, where we are never rained out or snowed in. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined, as pretty much always, by Joshua Howsom. Josh, how goes it? Well, I'm down in Florida instead of snowy, freezing Toronto, so I think i have to say it's going really well but you didn't call it sunny florida <laughs> no no it has not been sunny florida for the last two days i'll take that as a half a win for me uh all right we got a show <laughs> we got a program this week mm. this program brought to you by schadenfreude <laughs> um, we got ross atkins on vlad vlad Guerrero jr we got a clip we're gonna play the clip and then we're just gonna rip it apart uh we got Billy McKinney, uh, migrating to the other side of the diamond there. A little bit of a surprise. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki did, as we had predicted, hit a home run against the Blue Jays, but he did it in a spring training at bat. Uh, but then he had something to say about it afterwards because, you know, nobody can leave well enough alone anymore. We have an interview with Matt Corey where we're going to run down what the Red Sox might be about in their uh, their victory lap season. We have your questions. We have a gold star to hand out for a former Blue Jays nemesis, and um, we'd like to remind you that Rob Manfred, uh, there are certain things he hates, and one of them, yes, is baseball. All right, off to the races here with Ross Atkins talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We all know why Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not going to be up. We've talked about this like for half of the offseason, have we not? But Ross decided he just really what paper over the reality that it's a service time manipulation i mean i think we're supposed to all know but not know <sighs> i think you just need to play the clip <laughs> all right i will i will play the clip as it were and so I, I just don't see him as a major league player, right? He's just pencil him in, it's done. He's 19. He has accomplished everything he can accomplish as an offensive player. And there's so many opportunities for him defensively and what he can do to really maximize the power and the size and the strengths that he has. And everyone then points to defense, but it's really not just about defense. It's about him having a 15, 20-year career and starting with an incredible foundation. And that's every Thing that encompasses teammate that's the physical aspect that base running the defense and that physical aspect really plays into what type of offensive player he's going to be and I, he has the he has the ability to be so versatile and dynamic and we want to we want to make sure we tap into all of that potential all right where do you want to start well, I think the, the way you're supposed to start is with the little block quote that everyone pulled from that. You know, he's not a major league player. He's 19. He's not a major league player. So, yeah. Okay. How old was Juan Soto when he de debuted last year? I think he was 19. How old was Alex Rodriguez when he debuted? 18. Uh, what about uh, Miguel Cabrera? Did he get to 20 before he debuted? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Mike Trout? <laughs> Uh, I think he might have been 19, too. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on Trout. I think he was. Bryce, Bryce Harper, too. Um, well, yeah. clearly, I, you know, generational talents cannot debut when they're 18. I think I think the evidence speaks for itself here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't get why people keep asking this question. Because <laughs> all it's going to do is just going to 
well, actually, I know why exactly why. So they can have quotes that can run, you know, run wild and go viral like this one. Because, you know, the GM has to do whatever he can to not say we're keeping the guy down for three weeks because we don't want to have six years. We want seven years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. Okay. So we open with he's too young, which doesn't even make any sense. And then he admits he's accomplished everything he can as an offensive player. Now, I get that the Blue Jays aren't trying to win this year, but, um, you know, that admission was probably the most honest part of the whole thing. But he goes on to say that part about, okay, opportunities for him defensively. And then he says people point to the defense, but it's not about the defense. And then he talks about the physical aspect, the base running and the defense. So is it the defense? (laughs) Well, he said it's not just the defense. He didn't say it's not the defense. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously just look, about the they, sure. It's the sur- it's the service time, and it's always going to be the service time. <laughs> um, now, also, the other stuff he said about like you know tapping into some things and you know not necessarily being fully ready for those that stuff is fine, and it's actually probably true. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will not be the best Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at age well he'll be twenty like a week into the season. Well, that perfect. Yeah, he won't be 19 anymore. <laughs> Problem solved. We couldn't help but notice you've turned 20. <laughs> yeah, but uh you know, I, I so that stuff is it's all true. Actually, he turns he turns 20 in like a week or two weeks, March 16th, but uh you know, like he does, everyone knows that Vlad Guerrero Jr is big league ready. I mean, it's not even there is no question about it. I mean, even if he's just garbage at third base the team is not going anywhere this year so so we we have a question about this later but i think the really disingenuous part of this is that somehow all development grinds to a halt as soon as they promote you to the majors that's that's sort of what what you have to buy into to buy into anything that he's saying here is that somehow he won't continue to get better just because he put on a major league uniform yeah, well, I mean, the the argument that people make against that is that the pressures at the big league level are very different than at the minor league level, and therefore certain aspects of, like, if you're trying to just work on something specific, you can do it in the minors, whereas once you get to the big leagues, that's hard to do. That said, you're totally right. I mean, he can come up and just play the season in a, you know, a nothing season and treat it like the minor leagues. Like, we want you to work on this? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... This isn't going to go away, I guess, until he's actually in the bigs. We're going to it's going to go away. Questions. No, it's going to go away on March 28th or 27th or whatever opening day is when he's not on the roster. Right. And be, because there's just no point in talking about it anymore at that point. 28th, that's the first day of the season. And then it'll come right back up when he's called up on like May, or, you know, April 15th or whatever it is. Right. So I guess that means we don't have to say anything else about it at the moment. I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say at this point. I just feel like um, that, you know, a couple people, Craig Goldstein and um, Chris Crawford on Twitter. And these are, <clears throat> I think it's a shame because these are people who are not Blue Jays fans by any stretch of the imagination. They are, they are nationally interested baseball, you know, analysts and writers and, and stuff like that, that, that I see on my timeline. And it really feels like we are being denied and baseball fans in general are being denied, you know, the thing that we want to see, which is really, really, really good players on the field for purely contractual reasons. And it's a real shame that all of that has to tie into basically a bit of an insult to our intelligence. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I think there's just sort of the wink-wink aspect to all this. It's like they understand it. It's like, look, we know you don't believe a word we're saying, but we're just not allowed to say anything else. You know what's funny about this? I was standing like three feet from Ross Atkins when he was having this conversation. <laughs> Did he wink? Did you see a <laughs> I wink? I don't know. I, was just, I, I had my back to him, but I'm thinking he might have. <laughs> You could have, if you just turned around, you could have let us know if there really is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge that we we can't pick up on the audio. Yeah, but uh, it's just such the whole thing is it's crazy, and is something has to be done to. I, I don't know how you fix it exactly, 
you know, maybe make the season longer and therefore they got to keep him down for too long to, to the point where it's, you know, it hurts them too much. I don't, I don't really know what the answer is, but clearly this doesn't work. And by the way, Rick Hahn is the happiest guy in the world right now because nobody's talking about how they're doing the exact same thing to Eloy Jimenez. Well, you know, somebody's got to fall on the sword and I guess it's the Blue Jays for once. Um, because Vlad Guerrero is the number one prospect in baseball. I saw a suggestion on Twitter that you simply, uh, your service time starts in you know with with decimal places not with full years and you can declare free agency right in the middle of a season at the six-year mark (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be fun for a little while because certainly no team would be (laughs) chaos anarchy yes (laughs) (laughs) but you would think that before that season started the team should be pretty sure to have the guy locked down before before that became a problem could you imagine though, like you can't come to terms with an extension with a guy, and he becomes a free agent in the middle of April? No, he becomes a free agent like August fourth in the middle of a pennant race. Oh, good point. Yeah, it's the end of the year. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, all these teams that are <laughs> they're angling for this and that. All of a sudden, the guy genuinely for the highest no, bidder it, right out there. It would be like April because oh, right around he, for the next year. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like April 30th, all of a sudden, Vlad Jr.'s a free agent. So yeah, total chaos. But anyway, I like the suggestion. I apologize for not bookmarking the tweet where it was. Uh, It's horrible. It has not been a a particularly eventful beginning to spring training, which I guess it's good in my opinion, because usually the first thing you hear about is people who are injured, like Clayton Kershaw. Um, so what do you got from, from your, your Florida beat there as far as news? (laughs) Well, I guess the biggest thing is that Billy McKinney is playing some first base because that could open up some things on the roster. I mean, the, the reason they're stating that it's happening is so that late in games, if they want to pinch run for Justin smoke, they can just slide McKinney over there and not have to lose their DH. If, if Morales is DHing that day, Mm. which no, it makes a ton of sense. Like being able to have someone else on the roster who can play first base. Well, yeah, other he actually than, did this last year at the Bigs. Yeah, other than your daily DH, uh, that doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. So yeah, I mean, we, we're always talking about well, the Blue Jays have too many of this and too many of that, like too many infielders, too many outfielders. But uh, yeah, you do have to be flexible with the roster because you carry so many pitchers now. You got to have people who can do a little of everything. And sometimes I think we overlook the fact that first base does need to be manned and not just by anybody. Yeah, it has to be by someone who's got some experience there, because as Ron Washington will tell you, (laughs) it's incredibly hard. (laughs) Uh, Troy Tulowitzki came back into our lives. Uh, Once again, before you go on there, just there's another aspect to this. If McKinney is actually potentially going to get real time at first base, that might make it easier to add someone like Dalton Pompey to the roster. Okay. Fair who enough. is out of options. And they, you know, he, cause they don't, I don't think the Jays want to lose him for nothing. Otherwise he would be gone already. Right. They had, yeah, they had the, the opportunity back in what December to drop him from the roster a couple of times when they were, uh, rule fiving and prior to that and they kept him. Yep. Uh, okay. So I will go to, to Troy Tulowitzki who, uh, Gosh, he looks funny without a beard. <laughs> okay. That's what you're supposed to say about every single Yankee. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but it's 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 it probably should have been the cliche of the week. He looks look at him without that beard. I hardly recognized him. because um, <laughs> they said it about James Paxton. Did they? Yep. There was a whole, oh my gosh, I, I saw someone on, on Twitter. I didn't recognize him about the beard, all the retweets. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, also, apparently, just totally unrelated, the the Yankees broadcast went through the trouble of explaining why James Paxton has a big maple leaf on his forearm. <laughs> wow. Uh, now I, really, I want the Yankees to sign Dallas Keigel, just because <laughs> that, that would be perfect. Turns out that the disembodied beard shows up. There's no body. It's like it's... <laughs> oh, Keigel was the beard. <laughs> nobody, Nobody knew. <laughs> oh my goodness all right so um yeah Tulo. what did he say he he hit a bomb who did he hit off of stroman no less right yep first uh, it's like the, the first batter of the game second pitch stroman threw was hit over the right field fence 
That boded well. That bodes well for the season, right? Yeah, it's meaningless except Tulo. Tulo it meant, a, it meant a lot to him. Yep. He gave the "Let's f and go" shout as he was rounding first base, <sighs> stared down the Jays' dugout. It's like, dude, it's spring training, and like eighty percent of the people in that dugout didn't even play with you. Well, on top of that, you you know this team actually let you go, test your value on the free market rather than sticking you on the roster and saying, oh, we don't have any playing time for you, which was really probably the alternative from what we've seen at this point. Yeah, I mean, so Tulo afterwards, he said, it's like, this is, you know, like these are the guys who basically said, we don't think you can play anymore. But if you remember the, you know, at the winter meetings when this happened, Tulo's agent basically said the Jays are really good about all this. They want to give Tulo a chance to play every day somewhere. Yeah. So obviously somebody's, Somebody's uh, politicking and making it sound different than it actually was for whatever reason. I I just Tulo was basically, I mean, he was not helpful for almost two years. <laughs> what What do you want us to think about you? Yeah, well, you know that I thought still he was the best shortstop on the roster, but yeah, I, I don't really understand it. Look, it's it's one thing if they give Freddie Galvis the starting shortstop job and he plays 140 games there, then it makes no sense to have cut Troy Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they want Galvis there as to you know to make sure that they have someone in case Guriel sucks there. They don't want to just hand shortstop to the guy, but they don't want to have a sulking Troy Tulowitzki because he's not playing on the bench. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And and again, Tulo. Doodle wasn't going to be happy not playing every day. So, but that's weird because he's probably not going to play every day in New York after two months, right? Well, I think it'll be more than two two months before Didi Gregorius is back. But I think if Tula like if Tula Whiskey plays well, then it'll be hard to take him out of the lineup. They'll probably find something to do. But he wasn't going to get even that chance in Toronto. So I don't understand the issue there. Yeah, why he's why he's disillusioned with the whole process. Oh well, it's too low. Eh. Yeah. Any other spring training notes? Not really. I mean, Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez hasn't pitched yet, which was causing a little confusion among some of the B writers. But he's throwing tomorrow, or sorry, Friday. So it's not really a big deal. You know, they haven't had any major injuries, which is nice. There was a scare that we thought that Randall Grichik had plantar fasciitis, but it turns out he had it last year and they just wanted to slow him up. So it wouldn't reoccur. They, the Jays made it through week one. They had it last year. They were using the wrong disabled or sorry, the wrong injured list uh, calendar. Yeah. <laughs> this says 2017. The <laughs> um, 2018. I wasn't, what was I thinking? Uh, but, but anyway, they've made it through the first week of camp without anybody getting hurt, which is, you know, I'm going to touch some wood, but yeah, but, you well, know, that's a good start. Yeah, we know there are no miracle cures in spring training. Uh, there are only surprising injuries. So, all right, we are going to go talk uh, spring training a little bit more, but we're going to talk about the Boston Red Sox. And we're going to come back with Matthew Corey right after this. And we are joined by friend of the podcast, Matt Corey. Matt, about this time every year, we ask you about a team we hate. Are you prepared to talk about a team we hate? The Yankees? <laughs> Are you prepared to talk about the Yankees? <laughs> we, can talk, we can talk Yankees if you want. We hate them too. It's, it's kind of a thing. We also kind of hate Tampa. I think maybe we're just, we got a lot of hate. And Baltimore. <laughs> but we, we love to hate Baltimore. I think we hate True. to hate these other teams. Uh, no, instead, I think the Red Sox are probably going to be more in your wheelhouse. I feel like you're going to have more more information for us that way. Maybe. We, we, can, we can go with that. We'll see what happens. All right, sir. So uh, I heard they had an okay year last year. Um, I kind of I, I might have tuned that last bit out because it was too painful. Uh, <laughs> did, 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 uh, did it pan out for him at the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things worked out all right. Um, it all, it all turned out, it was, you know, a typical sitcom setup, uh, little, little stress there in the middle, but, uh, you know, everything comes out good at the end. 
Well, it's it's so nice for you because it's been so long since Boston had a championship. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> a good little run for the city. There's no question about it. Um, I can't uh, I can't begin to even try to explain it, so I won't. But um, and and none of us really wants to talk about the Patriots, so we're we're not going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a fantastic season. You know, it occurs to me I I was on this podcast uh, two years ago, I think, previewing the uh, the what is this? This is 2019, 20, previewing the twenty seventeen season, um, and I think the Red Sox ended up with ninety three wins or something like that that year. And I but I predicted. I think they I, I said something like I think they'll win like hundred and five or or hundred and ten games that year. Yep. And I was I was off by a year. Um the the things that I thought were gonna happen that year didn't they happened last year. Uh, well, yeah. well it's, it's because they got Steve Pierce. You know, that didn't hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't hurt. I I uh I don't I don't know that uh that, that was the sole reason, but uh, <laughs> But uh, no, Steve Pierce is is a, a lot of fun to watch when he's, especially when he's hitting home runs in the uh, World Series. That that's was, a good time. He was fine when he was hitting walk off grand slams in the regular season. I can't imagine him hitting home runs for my team in the World Series. My mind would just. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always it's always cool. You know, it's funny because like uh, you know all the players grow up as fans of of teams usually, and but usually not the teams they end up playing for. Um, so it's kind of cool when uh, when a guy grows up as a, a fan of that the team that you know you like he ends up gets to ends up playing with uh, that team and then wins the World Series MVP. That's that's a nice little cherry on top, also. Absolutely, for sure. And it was nice for us to see Pierce get that because we everyone likes Steve Pierce here. Absolutely. So yeah, I think everybody likes Steve Pierce. I mean, he's played for every single team in Major League Baseball at this point, right? <laughs> Since the AL East is the only division that matters, yes. <laughs> And the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are. <laughs> All right, so going forward, uh, probably the Red Sox are not going to win 110 games this year. Probably, I don't know. But did 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 they make any major changes for those of us who have maybe been trying to ignore them? <laughs> uh, no major changes. They're uh, most of their their guys are are under team control. Um, they lost Joe Kelly. Um, who was really good in the playoffs, but uh, really didn't make a huge impact during the regular season. Um, they lost Craig Kimbrell, um, who was kind of the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, pretty good in the regular season. Tried really hard to make a negative impact in the playoffs. Uh, I, I heard today uh, Kimbrell six for six uh, in save opportunities in the postseason. So he's a good pitcher. Uh, yeah. But he's—I I assume he's not coming back. He's still a free agent, uh, bizarrely, at, uh, on on this this day. I don't know if you want me to say the date and, uh, and date the podcast, but um, it's going to air tomorrow, <laughs> so you can say the date. <laughs> it's uh, February twenty seventh. So yeah, he's he's some for some reason still a free agent, and and unlike Bryce Harper, who is all of a sudden connected to every team, uh, just about uh, nobody is talking about Kimball uh, or Dallas Keuchel for that matter. So anyway, we'll go just- ahead. Before you you go on to the rest of the roster, yeah. you, know, you mentioned two relievers there who had reasonably substantial roles. I mean, Kimber was the closer, and yeah. Kelly got the most innings out of the pen of any non, you know, anyone who just was a reliever. So, are you surprised that the Red Sox didn't or haven't to this point replaced any of them? Yes, yes is the answer to your question. Um, I. Wasn't I, I didn't necessarily if you maybe put money down, I would have guessed Kimbrell would go somewhere else. Um, but oops, uh, that is my computer reminding me to join your podcast. Um, <laughs> You're it's doing a great that. job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, computer. I'm on it. Uh, but uh, I did think that they would get somebody like Adam Onovino or David Robertson, somebody on a three-year deal, a three-year $30 million deal, which seems to be the, you know, the going rate for, for good, not great relief pitchers. But they didn't, and it seemed like they were never really in the running for any of those guys. I mean, there were, there were a bunch of other guys who, whose names escaped me at this point in time, but I know uh, it was a pretty robust reliever market, and the Red Sox haven't been 
really seriously connected to anybody. So yes, uh, definitely surprised. They one thing they do have is they have a bunch of young guys uh, in double and triple A who I think they think can make an impact this year. Um, and you know, one thing we all know is you know relievers or the the bullpen you start the season with is not necessarily the one you finish with. Um, so I, I think there'll be a lot of new faces in the bullpen over the course of the season. And it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, made a trade or two closer to the deadline. That seems to be standard procedure for, for Dombrowski. Um, he didn't really trade for a reliever this past year. He went out and got Nathan Nivaldi, who people thought might be a reliever at the time. But of course he's a starting pitcher now. We Anyway. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit odd that they're, you know, going cheap in this one, <laughs> one little way. But, uh, but yeah, I guess that's, uh, they're going to, they're going to let it ride with the, with the rest of the roster, you know, pulling most of the weight and uh, try to keep their money, um, you know, for, for bigger names later down the line. And so, you know, you mentioned Nate Evaldi and he obviously had a big breakout with his pitch mixing. She out of the cutter and he pitched very well. But, you know, he got a big deal and Price pitched well, but he's getting older and Chris Sale was hurt. Are you at all worried about the rotation? You know, it might not be. It might be great. But there, it seems like there are some question marks there. I mean, there are. But is there a, a rotation in baseball that doesn't have question marks? No. Nope. Just the nature of starting pitching is is that there are question marks. You know, like Sale was spectacular for the first half of last year and then you know didn't pitch a lot after that um so i don't know i don't know what they're going to get out of him um apparently his shoulder feels great and he's good to go which is nice um but you know (laughs) that that could change at any point in time um when you said uh david price i i know you are actually referring to world series hero david price (laughs) Um, <laughs> you know what? We'll give you that one because he's also a guy that we like here in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I always forget he was with the Blue Jays. It's like one of those little uh, little blips. And he was so good with them too. Yep. Uh, but uh, anyway, sorry to bring up that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's next year is, is going to be uh, the kind of inflection point. You know, um, uh, Sale will be a free agent. Porcello will be a free agent. Um, uh, uh, Bogarts will be a free agent. Uh, I don't think Betts will be a free agent until the year after that. Yeah, um, he's got two more years. Yeah, but uh, stuff is there's going to start to be some turnover. JD um, Martinez will probably be a free agent. That's right, or or not, um, depending on the, the opt out situation. Um, and of course, uh, pretty soon the Red Sox are going to have to re-sign Rusty Castillo. So that's uh, that's going to eat. But, uh, Impact but anyway, player, yes. Rusty Castillo. Um. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah, there's definitely concerns about about the you know about the starters, but um, but they do actually have some depth. Stephen Wright is there to throw his 50 innings before he gets hurt. Uh, Brian Johnson, Hector Velasquez, um, maybe Darwin's and Hernandez if if uh, things go well in the minors. Um, and I think people are expecting a lot out of Eduardo Rodriguez for maybe the third or fourth year in a row. So we'll see if that materializes. Um, but I, I actually think there is a, there's a little bit of upside here. Upside towards the back end of the, of the rotation. Yeah. All right. I, I uh, have a, uh... <laughs> not going to put up with that word here. <laughs> uh, so just as an aside, I, 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 we were talking about a bunch of people on the, the major league roster, but I've seen an assessment that, that Dombrowski really raided the cupboard in the minors to get the team, you know, over the hump over the last, you know, couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you think, you know, are, is, are there less potential replacements coming from the farm now than there might have been, you know, when we were, when you were looking at a Mookie Betts and, a, and such uh, coming oh, up? There's nobody like, like that. I mean, Betts is a top five player in baseball. So, you know, not shocking that they don't have that, but, but you know, I don't think they have anybody in the top hundred lists that have been coming out. Um, you know, they've, they've got some guys who could take some steps forward. Uh, but last year was, was really, really rough in the minors for the Red Sox. I know boohoo, but you asked. Um, <laughs> I did. 
but um yeah they had they have a a bunch of guys who you know people thought might take steps forward and instead they they got hurt um uh, Jay Jay Grom is I, I never know if his name is Grom or Groom, but uh, he was their first round pick a couple years ago, and he had Tommy John surgery. Um, the guy they picked in the first round, uh, Tristan Cassis, is a you know power hitting first baseman who I think got hurt in the second game of the uh, of his season, um, and uh, you know didn't play anymore. He's supposedly healthy. Um, there was even a, a, a Young, uh, we're all young, but a, a uh, international uh, a, a signee who the Red Sox give a, a whole bunch of money to, who was was uh, really highly thought of, and and he he passed away. I don't know the the situation, but um, so you know, wow. there's that. Yeah, um, so it was it was a tough year uh, on on the farm. Their their best prospect right now is probably. Michael Chavis, who's been hitting home runs in spring training, which, you know, is both neat to see and utterly pointless. Um, but he's uh, he's kind of a first base, third base sort of guy. They have Devers. They don't need a first baseman. They have Moreland and Pierce. They don't need a uh, first baseman. Uh, I, yeah. They have Devers. They don't need a third baseman. <laughs> they have Moreland and Pierce. They don't need a first baseman this year. Um, so I, I don't know that there's even a, a spot for him. He might be the guy who goes out to – uh, bring in the relief pitcher that they're inevitably going to have to trade for in the middle of the year because they refuse to sign Kimbrell. So we always, we talked about some potential issues with depth in the rotation in the pen and on the farm. I guess the question is, even if all these potential issues are issues, does it really matter when the team 108 game, 108 games last year and they have this offense? I mean, you know, normally I would say no, but I think the division they're in is, is a, you know, certainly top heavy, uh, you know, obviously the, the Jays are, you know, in a rebuilding situation and the Orioles are already burned to the ground, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the Rays are, are a really good team. Um, and the, I think, you know, the projection systems certainly have the Yankees as a better team than the Red Sox. So it's not, I mean, it could certainly happen based on you know whatever scenario you come up with that the Red Sox finish in third place this year. That's not not crazy. Um, in which case, you know they they probably miss the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I think that rotation needs to stay healthy. I, I think that's really what it is. Is it's going to be health? I mean, there we saw it in the playoffs. They're they're a top heavy team, sort of all throughout. Um, maybe less so in the bullpen this year, but, um, and you know, if, if Betts doesn't stay healthy, Bogarts goes down on and on and on, whatever the list is, Chris sale doesn't stay healthy. So if disaster strikes, exactly. Yeah. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are in that same, that same sort of, sort of boat, like, you know, James Pax, James Paxton goes down for the Yankees or, or Severino all of a sudden looks like he did at the end of last year. They're, they're going to have some problems too. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's there's definitely uh, it's a long, long, painful season, and and uh, any any horrible thing that you can conjure up in your head can certainly happen. Um, but that said, I you know it's hard not to be optimistic. It's a it's a pretty strong roster, and I think they're they're one of the better teams in baseball. Hard to argue with that. So uh, even though I don't think the getting the band back together strategy works as well as teams always hope it does. I am going to ask you at some point for, well, a prediction. Do you have a prediction for how many games uh, they're going to win? And and this, as you explained um, previously to us, you're going to be a whole year off in your prediction as far as how many right. games they're going to win. So this, yeah, this, is, this is what they're going to do in 2020. <laughs> well, no, just go by what you said last year. I think you said 95. And you're just, you're, there you you're are. Perfect. But I need your 2020 prediction now. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> 2019, I, I think I think 95 is pretty good. I, I think I, I think 94. I'm going to go with 94. I, I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some problems, and just because there always are problems, like you know, last year there really weren't many. If if uh, none are coming to mind right now, I um, hope that you cannot think of a lot of problems with a team that won 108 games. I I, no, al- 
I, yeah, I, I get driven I mean, crazy by fans who are, are, you know, you see them on Twitter, and, and you're not one of them yourself, but the, the team has won 11 in a row, and then it loses three, <laughs> and you hear about what the real weakness of this Red Sox team is. And it's like, would you shut <laughs> up? <laughs> well, it's funny because baseball is, is this, you know, such a different sport in that sense than, than every other sport that, you know, people can follow. Uh, you know, you don't expect a really great basketball team to lose three or four in a row. Like that almost never happens. Like the Golden State Warriors don't, I mean, I don't really follow basketball, but I presume they don't lose four or five in a row. You know, they, they barely lose 20 games all year. Um, and, you know, you don't see that really, you know, with great hockey teams either. Um, football, obviously, there's just not enough time, uh, not enough games. But in baseball, yeah, you can lose four or five in a row easy. Uh, even great teams do it. And I think people tend to forget that, that, you know, that that kind of thing happens and it, it's not disqualifying in any, any way, shape or form um, to, you know, to, to be a great team anyway. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think 94, 95 is, is a, is a pretty good, uh, pretty good ballpark. And, you know, if you look at their peripherals last year, they, they probably overperformed a little bit um, <laughs> in terms of truth. Talent. I well, would, well, the, the on paper 108 win team is is a frightening beast to to think about. That's all. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm laughing because I'm scared, Matt. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. There there aren't many uh, there aren't many teams that win that many regular season games and quote unquote deserve it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I you know I I think there'll be a, a a bit of a step back in terms of of win totals if not actual talent. But you should. If you think last year on Twitter was bad for Red Sox fans or, or a bad display, you should you should wait for this year because when they win their 95th game, people are gonna you're gonna hear people are like, "This is 12 fewer than you know, or whatever the number yep. they're <laughs> fewer than last year. This team sucks." <laughs> so what if we're first in the division? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, or or second, God forbid, to the Yankees. Like, oh that's, heavens. So are you are yeah. you predicting a division win, or are you just going to say team makes the playoffs here? Is that what you're hedging your bet with? No, we don't allow hedging. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how great the Yankees are going to be. I I feel like I feel like they might be a little stronger on paper, but uh, their starting pitching, I think, is a little scarier than the Red Sox. Uh, you know, for them, um, and. Yeah, I, I, I'll, all right, I'll go out on a limb. Sure, Red Sox win the division with 95 wins. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Ugh, now I've done it. Yep, you have. <laughs> all right. I would like to thank you once again for joining us for this uh, season preview. We could not do them without you, Matt. Oh, you guys are too kind. And uh, I look forward to uh, correctly predicting what the Red Sox do in 2021 next year. All right, it's Maddie Maddie 2000 on Twitter still. That's still it. All right, folks, give him a good follow. He's not uh, rabid, foaming at the mouth, Red Sox fan. Uh, he's just a he's a good follow and uh, and a good time during the season. And uh, we hopefully will talk to you sometime during the season and before the big series where the Blue Jays are fighting for first place with the Red Sox. Uh, I look forward to it, guys. <laughs> All right, take it easy. <laughs> you too. And we have returned from our conversation with Mr. Matthew Corey. Always a pleasure to have him on the podcast. Always good to know, you know, once in a while he actually listens to the podcast when he's not on it. That, that's mad respect right there. Yeah, I like Matt. I don't like the team Matt is talking about. Never said you had to like the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you have a lot of likable players, which is really annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mookie Betts can bowl a mean game, too. Uh, anyway. Unrelated. Can I get this one, boys? <laughs> Your questions. <laughs> Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? All right, we got a few. We got uh, Colleen Evans weighing in at Colleen Evans 6, as always. Thank you once again, Colleen, for your patronage. She says, not really spring-related, but... Who on the Blue Jays roster would you like to see hosting their own podcast? Any previous players, any old players you would want to listen to? Got any picks? Uh, for current players, I I don't know. It's kind of tough. 
like a lot of these guys don't have a whole lot of personality come out yet. John Axford. Fair, fair, but it would be like an uh, wouldn't it be a movies podcast? Like not a. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also really smart and really knows baseball, and he's fun to talk to. And you know, I'd say be a genie, but no one would understand what's happening. So John Axford. I would be very keen for an old player to have Vernon Wells host a podcast. Ooh, not bad, not bad. He's going to come up later, but um, I, I think but, honestly, he, he, he just he has a good time, and he, he still seems really engaged with the game, whereas some guys don't don't seem to care at all. David Cohn. Oh, absolutely. Cheating because he's a broadcaster. Yeah. Um, Dan Heron. <laughs> he never played for the Blue Jays. No. She just said any old players. She didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was Blue Jay players. Well, David Cohn played like 100 years ago for the Blue Jays. <laughs> hey, two stints. <laughs> All right. Um, her, she had a second question. With two-way players being so valuable, why do you think Stroman has not lobbied to have a chance to play a position? Or is that something only a reliever would do? Hmm. So the first part, I'd say there's a 100% chance Stroman has lobbied to have a chance to play a position. Um, but two-way players are only valuable if the player is good both ways. Stroman, yes, he did hit a home run off Julio Tehran and a double in another game. He's not a major league hitter, and there's no evidence he can capably play a major league position. Yeah, he played shortstop in high school, but so did everybody else. I don't think there's any – let me phrase that. There's, there's a reason there's only a few of these guys – you know, in existence, there's Otani was the was the big one. Matt Davidson's doing it. Christian Betancourt, and you know those guys are Davidson and Betancourt are backups. So it's like, yeah, you could be a reliever and a backup pitch hitter. You don't want a good player doing it unless they're really, really good, like Shohei Otani. Yeah, and I I'm still sh- kind of shocked that they let Otani be a two way player because the you know just because of the injury factor. Um, I think you do increase the the chance that you're going to get injured if you're if you're you know playing every day obviously and playing both ways. I just it's like oh, scares me. He's fantastic. I, I love watching him. Don't get me wrong, but it does scare me as a like and as an owner, I would be not keen to add playing time to guys who I'm already paying good value for what I'm getting from them. Yeah. All right. Question two from someone called Alicia Wisniewski. Have either of you, she says she knew the answer to half of this question. Have either of you been to a spring training game? Where was it? And what did you think of attending it? Well, Josh, I'm pretty sure you're you're trying to attend as many spring training games as possible. How many different spring training stadiums have you been to? I'll modify the question. That's a fair one. Uh, I think the answer is six, but it, I can't remember exactly. I've been to the one in Jupiter. I've been to Dunedin, Clearwater, Tampa, the old Clearwater and I've been to uh, Sarasota, so six. Sorry, did you? I didn't catch Orlando there. Have you been to Orlando? Not for a baseball game. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you would have done like the two for one day. Grab, <laughs> grab, a, see a baseball game and pop into the uh, Epcot Center or something. But <laughs> Epcot Center. Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, I guess that's the one you can go see after a ball game because there'd be no one there and there's no lines. Apparently, you've never been to Epcot Center, but anyway, no, um... I have. It's completely packed. But, <laughs> but no, I've never, I've never gone to uh, the Braves play there. I believe, but I've never been there. All right, um, I of course have been to a spring training game, just the one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, it was nice to be sort of in a minor league distance from everything, and to have some of those quirky things, uh, and also to watch an Osprey land on the light standard which you're never going to see in anywhere else i would be able to go see a baseball game uh so yeah it was pretty cool and it was nice that the things were not nearly as expensive as the major league uh game although i saw one recently that the cubs spring training game like there were tickets for 72 us dollars that's more than my 12th row tickets are at the dome it doesn't make any sense to me like it's just like because you're not watching seriously competitive games, and at the end of the, if you really stay into the end of the day, you might see a tie. It's an indication that the baseball might not be, you know, the most top-notch thing ever. And this is in like early spring training, so even the best players, if they're there, are only playing three innings. Here, you really enjoyed that eighty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't spend the rest all on beer. Uh, all right, next question from Kate Stanwick. 
at OK Stan. What percentage do you give Elvis Luciano of making, or Luciano, hmm, of making the opening day roster? I thought it would be much higher than the 10% I've heard recently. Well, he's not 19. He's only 18, so he can be a major leaguer. <laughs> We've, we're, we're honing down the rules here until we get to something that makes sense. And uh, Wait, no, he's 19. He just turned 19. Oh, Shoot. Well, no. Zero percent then. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's a problem. Uh, but yeah. The real answer is uh, if the Jays don't add any other relievers, which they are still trying to do, then – I'd say it's a very good chance because there's no real risk to it. And he's in a guy with upside because, you know, Phelps will start the year on the DL possibly. There's no guarantee, but possibly the only guys that are locked to be in this bullpen come opening day are Tapera, Giles and be a genie. I think. Bullpens, Did I miss anybody? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Bullpens are so weird. Because, like, some teams, no matter what happens, they never seem to have a good good bullpen. Like, I swear the Mets went through about a five-year period where the bullpen was garbage every single year. And The yet, Tigers haven't had a bull, good bullpen ever. Yeah. And yet, somehow, other teams churn through names in the bullpen. Like, like there's a revolving door. And it, it goes up and down and up and down all over the place. So, does it matter even that there's only three guys that are locked for this bullpen? Not really. No, it doesn't. But also, they have guys that are good, right? Yeah. David Paulino, I think, could be a really good reliever. Phelps, when he's healthy, really good. It is a really good reliever. And they've got these power arms that they could be useful. Uh, it, but it was just more to the question of Luciano is that without these locks in the pen, you know, there's so many people fighting for four or three jobs as opposed to one. So they can give one to the kid and just hope he doesn't get destroyed. Yeah. See if you can get him some some reps and uh, and I'll have to hand him back. Curtis Butcher asks at Curtis Butcher one sober question from a Vlad drunk fan. Service time manipulation aside, what if we take Atkins at his word? Which again, we're not doing. The vision is development. Could a year in the minors actually develop Vlad into a career third baseman? But rushing twenty nineteen might expose the nineteen year old and alter that ideal career path. No. <laughs> the answer is no i mean he can because we talked about this before because the jays are not going anywhere so he can continue to put all the work in he needs to at third base in the big leagues that he would do in the minors i i, I think that you know there are some truths to maybe you know, they'd be able to, to develop certain power aspects or things like that because you're developing them against minor league pitching as opposed to big league pitching. But defensively, I don't see it. Chris Bryant had a funny comment, too, because he was the first guy that this happened to. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, they want me down there to work on my defense. And I think I got three ground balls in the two weeks. That <laughs> I, it's like, did I suddenly become better? Well, yeah, because if you make the argument that it's not the actual game stuff that you do, that it's the stuff between the games that you're getting, you know, uh, skills honed, you know, people working on your footwork or on your you know, throwing angles or, you know, all those kinds of things. Well, you don't. Why can't you do that between major league games? It's not like you're not traveling in the minor leagues. You got to fit it into the same schedule. This shouldn't be an obstacle. I also don't think that anything magical would make Vlad into a career third baseman a la Scott Rowland or Adrian okay. Beltre. There's a career third baseman and there's a an all-time defensive third baseman. Those are not well, the same thing. No, but I, I don't... What I'm saying is there's there's nothing that's... like they, They're hoping he can stick at third base. But I don't think there's Which anything magical the- in the next year that's going to turn him from... We hope, no matter where he is, we hope he can stick at third base to... Wow, he's going to be a fixture at the hot corner for 10 years. Right. So why not? You know, there's just there's there's no difference there. Uh, I am I am perfectly ready to hand out a gold star. Are you perfectly ready to uh, receive one? <laughs> it's going to me. No, Sweet. I can't do that. I think that's all the brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. I don't often hand out a gold star to someone who has uh, has no hit the Blue Jays, but I'm going to do it right now. So story time. <laughs> Vernon Wells came along and uh, he saw a tweet from the Pitching Ninja. Said Justin Verlander, filthy curveball, 
And Vernon tweets as a response, it's a matter of perspective. You see filthy curveball. I see a hanging get-me-over-breaking ball that needs to be in the lap of someone 37 rows deep in left center. You can almost see him, like, chuckling to himself. And then Justin Verlander, who I don't know where he came out of, but he, uh, he somewhere searched out a video clip of him facing Vernon Wells <laughs> throwing a knee-buckling curveball that looks exactly like the one in the first GIF, which I admire that kind of commitment to the bit. That's the gold star, is, is just going on a search for a Justin Verlander's buckles Vernon Wells' knees and finding it and then tweeting the clip and saying, what about this hanging? Get me over, question marks, and then he does an emoji of the crying laughter. My perspective, you're on the heater and you can't pull the trigger. Buckled. <laughs> The best is it looks like he like pointed a camera at the television or something like that. Yeah, it's shaking. I think that's his it's his laptop. You can see the um icons oh, yeah, on you the can. left hand edge. Yeah, so he doesn't know how to do a screenshot, but he did find the clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. It, it's just great. <laughs> the, the fact that he went back and found that. Probably like MLB TV going to find an old game. Yeah. Oh. And and how now, how far did he have to go? Vernon Wells is playing for the Blue Jays wearing a black shirt. <laughs> this is an old one. <laughs> this is like late two thousands. Yeah, that's awesome. So now I do agree with Vernon Wells. By the way, the pitching, the you old know, gifts that come out that Rob Friedman tends to put out there. A lot of them, but this that he's pitching ninja, by the way. A lot of them aren't that impressive looking. <laughs> they're just they they're backup breaking balls or things that are like a weird angle. So I understand where Wells is coming from, but the response was just perfect. So Vernon Wells also dis- he put a um a DM conversation between he and Verlander up as a response to the tweet. And it was Vernon saying to, to Justin, that was awesome. Well played. To which Verlander responds, took me a while to find that clip. Might have been the only time you buckled. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Vernon remembers the pitch. He's like, I was uh, <clears throat> at myself and tried to play it off like you didn't buckle me. Stupid. <laughs> Stay healthy, man. Keep dominating. Truly impressive. So, uh, yeah, all's, all is forgiven between the two of them. Um, I just, uh, I think the real effort there was on Justin's part. Otherwise I would have given them both, uh, an award of some kind. I love uh, that he acknowledged it took him a while. It's just, it just, it's perfect on every level. Yeah. So from two guys who love baseball <laughs> to Rob Manfred, uh, I don't have a sounder for Rob Manfred hates baseball yet. Yeah. But, I've been meaning to do that. But, yeah. Well, yeah. you're in Florida now. Um, <laughs> would you care to explain Rob Manfred's latest genius level plan for baseball. Um, <laughs> so they they put their proposal for to the MLBPA for rules negotiate rule changes, you know, because they can do that now. They they could put in a pitch clock right now if they wanted. They they actually said that they would not put a pitch clock in until 2022 if the MLBPA agreed to some of these things. I'll read through some of the list. A single trade deadline of July 31st. I don't see any problem with that. No, it's kind of a convoluted system we have. And uh, yeah, sure. I'm good. I I would have preferred a single trade deadline of, say, August 15th. Eh, Yeah, well. Well, just because some guys are hurt and they come back and it just makes it a little easier. But this is fine. And you also have a better sense of who's in and who's out. Yes. Uh, Three batter minimum per pitcher, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, no. Congratulations, Lukies. You no longer have a job. <laughs> yeah, that's the law of unintended consequences waiting to explode. Okay. Here's, yeah. So and then, you know, changing the injured list and options to 15 days. And they just changed it, the DL at the time, to 10 days. So I don't get that. Um, and then there's this one, the 26-man roster with a maximum of 13 pitchers. Why would you need, especially if they eventually go to a full-time DH everywhere, why would you need 13 position players? No idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really get that. 
But uh, the one that's really causing problems, though, which is funny, is not even being happening in the big leagues. It's in the Atlantic League. They're testing two things. Robot umps. Fine. You know, test yeah. it out. Yeah. But here's the big one. They're testing moving the mound back. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't I, oh, sorry, just to be fair, did I not suggest this at some point in the offseason and you just just dunked on me that that would be a horrible idea? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> Clearly, I, re- I know you still think it's a horrible idea. I'm just saying the commissioner doesn't think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Therefore, I think that's an argument in favor of my case. That's why I didn't go any further. I just. <laughs> <laughs> but the real thing is that. so. Tyler Badamo, who is a former major leaguer or, or former professional, he's in the Atlantic League trying to get back to the bigs. Mm. And, there are, and that's, that's what the Atlantic League is for a lot of guys. They're trying to get picked up into affiliated ball, but now they're going to be playing an entirely different sport. Well, that's exaggerated, mm. but yeah. as a pitcher, they're going to be pitching from a different distance. And the hitters are going to be facing pitches from a different distance. How do you possibly analyze the performance of those guys? Well, yeah, because your your breaking ball is not going to break in the same spot in the same way. You're going to have to make that adjustment. And you're, as a batter, you're going to have extra time to react, fraction of a second, but that's what we're dealing with. Totally. And and those. so how do you evaluate a, a, a batter who's trying to make his way back, right? That's what I'm saying. Either yeah. one. It's impossible. And and then when they get in, they're they're going back to doing something completely different again. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Moving the mound, there are so many things that could go wrong with moving the mound. So I I'm I get the idea of trying it to see like away from professional baseball, but now they're screwing all the guys in that league, and that sucks. Well, yeah, I think I think you almost have to take, um, you know, take some kind of observation from like college ball, um, and, and just basically do a scientific experiment somewhere one one division or one group in in college. You know, people who are removed from getting paid from it, who is just like, well, we want you to play, uh, and then I don't know, I don't even know how you do it to find out what happens, or you just do it and. You do it at the major league level and everybody's screwed. <laughs> just yeah. think, though, they, they lowered the mound in the 60s. Yeah, after raising it to comical heights, which led to Bob Gibson putting up the most ridiculous season of all time. Right, but they did both of those things somehow, and the world didn't end, right? But now... But baseball went haywire. I mean, this is exactly the problem. <laughs> they tried raising the mound, and then they're like, oh, dear God, what the hell have we done? And they had to bring it back down again. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks, Rob Manfred. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, all right. So, uh, definitely still Rob Manfred hates baseball. Uh, did we talk about pitch clocks? Like, what well, are they actually the going to do with the pitch clock? Well, if, if the players agree to this, the pitch clock won't go in. It'll be after the next CBA. But the pitch clock is, of course... And injury risk, as we discussed with Dr. Mike Sun, which seems to be getting carefully, cleverly ignored by the league office. Yep. I don't think they want pitch clocks, to be honest. I think they just want to use it as a bargaining chip because they know the players don't want it. I hope the strike doesn't last too long. All right. Uh, <laughs> Somber note. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, I'd like to remind you all that we have a uh, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash turfpod. And uh, we'd love if you uh, scooched over there and uh, and showed your support for us, if you can. Uh, that said, I am uh, Greg Wisniewski. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Just on oh, that yeah. note. Did I not ask you a final thought? You didn't. But also, on this Patreon note, we'd like to thank Jarrett Seaman, who just became a patron and at a level where he's going to get to come on and play a game with us. So thank you so much, Jarrett. Sweet. How did I miss that? I, I feel like a total fool now. So... Jarrett, uh, I apologize for almost skimming over that. Can I, can I go to your final thought then? Do you have one? Yeah, I do. Fire away. I just want to give a huge congrats from the Turf Pod and from the former BP Toronto to Richard Leesem, who has been hired on to 
Yes, it's a well-deserved applause. Who's been hired on to take over the Blue Jays' Twitter. And, you know, like, I don't think they could have made a better choice, among at least among people who wanted the job, because Richard is awesome. And he was amazing when he ran our account. And, well, not the TurfBot account. That's just me doing dumb things. But he ran the VP Toronto account, and I think he's going to do an awesome job with the Jays one. So congrats again, Richard. Uh, really happy for you. 100%, Richard. Uh, I have nothing to add uh, except congratulations. Which is to say that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010, and our guest was Matthew Corey at MattyMatty2000, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 131, and we'll talk at you next week.